We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. What are you doing later? Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes. Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Nope. Because I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. the C-H-G-O Bears podcast on a training camp resuming Tuesday. Busy day at Hallis Hall. We are fighting through some technical difficulties today, but we have a great show planned for you as well. Wow, good little flip there. I have nice job, my Gregory <laughs> friends. I just went from right to left on your screen. Damn, we're ready to go. Nicholas Moriano, Greg Braggs, Adam Hogue is going to be popping in. There is some internet uh, situation going on in Vernon Hills that we are trying to rectify. So Hogue will be joining us at some point here. Uh, but we are starting today with a very fresh face, Nicholas Moriano, who uh, went from being 25 years old to 15 over the weekend. And, um, and a Greg Braggs who screamed at me at practice today because I gave him a look when Justin Fields was picked off by Tyreek <laughs> Stevenson. So it should be a very spirited show today. We do want to celebrate Fields to start the show, though, a, a clutch moment in the two-minute drill, which was awesome to see, uh, and a lot of excitement for Fields getting the Bears in field goal range. Cairo Santos had a great day. A lot going on as we start with our best and worst. Nick, why don't you kick us off best and worst here from a training camp resuming Tuesday. Thanks for everybody for being here. Awesome to see everyone here in the chat. Yeah, so you can look at this play both ways, but I'm going to look in the positive way for Tyreek Stevenson, who had a nice interception on Justin Fields. He was trying to target Darnell Mooney down the left sideline. The ball was underthrown. Justin Fields most likely would have gotten sacked on the play before he had thrown it, but Tyreek Stevenson, this is the second time now in camp where he's capitalized on a field misthrow, a miscue, he had one where he intercepted a ball and chased Claypool a couple practices ago. And now this time in today's practice where he intercepts Justin Fields trying to target Darnell Mooney down the left sideline. So good for the rookie cornerback there. And then my worst for today, you guys, I just thought overall, and the Bears were not in full pads, just helmets today. 
the O-line at different points of the practice gave up a bunch of pressure. You saw Terrell Lewis in the backfield. You saw Dominique Robinson, Justin Jones. So you had a bunch of different guys in the backfield going against different opposing offensive linemen. And it is harder, of course, to block the defensive front when you don't have pads. But there's a little bit of pressure in today's practice. So that would be my worst when you're looking at it from an offensive line's perspective. Gregory, we'd like to jump in. Yeah, I agree. Uh, Terrell Lewis continues to flash at almost every practice. He got around Larry Borum twice, uh, two straight plays. Travis Bell, uh, the darling draft pick out of the seventh round that had the, the great story coming out and everybody was interested in it. Today I thought was his first day where he flashed and it was in a second team rep. Correct me if I'm wrong, Nick. And uh, he, he made a nice swim move and got right up the middle and, and created serious pressure in the pocket. And he was fired up when he came back to the huddle after the snap. Uh, so, yeah, I, I think, I, I think overall the offense had some nice plays, but you know, if we were, you know, saying who won the day, which we've gotten into a few times here in these last few shows, I would say it leaned towards the defense today. Who was your best and worst? Well, we haven't gotten to a best and worst. Have we done that yet? That's over. That I, we started with you, Nick. And would then you like? Was, did he do a best and worst? He did. He did. Oh, wow. I, I, well, I know that you. you know, I know you, you got to give me a little, little, little benefit of the doubt because now, I know you got a lot going on. And 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 for real, Greg is is hosting the show. He's producing the show. He's thinking about everything that's gone right in his life, and and he's got a terrible polo on, which we'll talk to on the back end of the show. So <laughs> there's a lot going on over there. Uh, Nick's best and worst uh, started off the show, and. Um, this might not be the clip that we pull from today's show for the record. But, uh, <laughs> let me, let me give you my best and worst. And you then go you, ahead you, and then I'll give you mine. Yeah. So my best and worst today, I, I, I'm putting it all in one Tyler Scott pile, Tyler Scott. I've, ta- I've literally talked about him seemingly every single day at training camp, because if there's one guy who has made the fans ooh and ah on a consistent basis, it's been the fourth round pick out of Cincinnati, number 13, and today, his double sweet, see me now, see me over here, corners like literally standing 10 feet away from wide open move was sweet as hell. And then uh, the ball gets delivered and it's a drop behind him. It's a drop behind him. Uh, but he's, you know, he should, she, he should catch it. Then he doesn't. So my best is the move. My worst is the drop. Like th- this could be the, just a very tantalizing player for the bears. Uh, if, because they don't have anybody quite like him with his – I mean, he has, you know, top, top end speed. I think he's faster than Bayless, and I think he's – and and he's way more creative move-wise than Bayless. I mean, there's not even – we haven't seen, obviously, him play in a game, but there is – I've never seen Bayless dust a corner the way this guy does. And he's, he's doing And he's doing it every single day. So I'd like to stay optimistic here and – you don't get to this point in your life without being able to catch the football. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, but he's had a lot of drops, so I'm giving him his best. I'm also giving, giving the worst to Tyler today. Yeah, I think it's, um, I, I think it's a fair one. And, um, uh, as I was leaving practice, Tyler Scott was one of the last off the practice field working on the jugs machine as he should. Right. Mm-hmm. So, you know, he knows what he needs to work on. Uh, he certainly can get separation, but, mm-hmm. My best and worst now that I've, you know, gotten on track here. 
My best is probably Tyreek Stevenson making that play down the left sidelines intended for Darnell Mooney. Uh, he's blanketing the play. And as Nick said, it was underthrown, but he's showed an ability to, you know, good hands comes down with the ball interception, kept both feet in bounds because it was near the sidelines. And, you know, I think early on, even Hogue said that it was a legit, he even phrased it as a legit competition for that cornerback two spot between him and Terrell Smith. And I, and I think Tyreek Stevenson is starting to separate the gap. He's starting to, you know, get a little more comfortable with NFL speed and, and some of the talent that he's lined up across. So I'm encouraged by Tyreek Stevenson over the last week. My worst has something we were talking about in the stand, something I've brought up here on the last few shows when I'm trying to talk about the total package of, you know, this offensive arsenal that we all hope comes to fruition in the season. But what we are not seeing at training camp, and I think I, I, I went at it with some people in spaces on my way here, uh, to do the show today, but <laughs> I, I feel very strongly in saying that the fact that they have not thrown many deep balls, if any, in the open practices that I have been to is at the very least weird, if not concerning. I understand they are working on the underneath and the intermediate routes, and they are doing a good job of that in 11 on 11s and seven on sevens. But we, to a man, in the open practices, the 10 that I've been to, and I understand there's been a couple I haven't been able to attend, but in the open practices that I've been to, there has been one true deep ball bomb for a touchdown, and that was to Tyler Scott on a double move. Other than that, we've had some you know, big plays down the sidelines that could have been taken upfield, but that true over-the-top stretch-the-defense touchdowns or deep balls simply have not been there yet. Does that mean that they won't be there? No, I have confidence that Justin Fields will figure this out. He's a great deep ball thrower, and DJ Moore is a great deep ball catcher. He's shown this in his in the league. But everybody trying to make excuses like, well, they got to work on the underneath stuff. That's what they're focusing on. We don't need to see Justin Fields' deep ball. You know, they're not going to show us anything in in open practices. These are the practices. They're not doing more practices. They all go home after this. So this is the reps they get leading into the preseason game here on Saturday. So everybody that's like, oh, it's not a big deal. I get you. I'm with you. I'm excited for this season as much as anyone. But it is at the very least weird that we haven't at least seen one a day. When I, I've gone to camp for 25 years and you'd see normally two a day. We're not even seeing them from second team or third string from PJ Walker. So it's just weird to me that we've only seen one deep ball, true deep ball in the 10 open practices from Tyler Scott. So that's actually, the, I thought the, actually the best play of the day offensively was PJ Walker to Tyler Scott, by the way, was he was flushed out of the pocket, rolling to his left and he threw a nice about 20 yard completion to Scott, who was wide open. Um, down the seam. It was nice. Uh, just seeing in the chat, my guy, Ruben, uh, it was awesome to meet Carmnick and Adam at camp. Keep up the great work. Uh, Ruben it was awesome to meet you, brother. Thank Thank you for saying hi. And, um, apparently you either met Braggs and you didn't find it to be fun and, or you didn't meet him. So one of the, um, one of the two is possible. I met Ruben. Thank you very much. And, and he left you off. Wow. That's a, that's a blow for you right there, buddy. <laughs> said, said, Greg, Carmnick and Adam, I don't see no Greg on there. Ruben, you got good taste. Um, uh, I, 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 I kid, of course. All right. So 
lot, lot of things that we can get into here. And I think Ho's going to pop in at, at, at some point. Um, but news items from today, Andre Schmidt, the local kicking product, uh, got the boot, so to speak, from the kicking competition. Out he goes, uh, which I, I thought, you know, he just seemed like I, I enjoy kicking competition. So I was a little bummed uh, by, the, by that cut. But it was obvious that uh, Cairo Sanders had a great camp. He's, I mean, if you go back a couple of months, remember we were talking about would Robbie Gold consider being here? Um, I mean, Cairo Sanders was booting 50 yarders today with no problem. So, and he's been doing it all camp. I, I uh, think the Bears kicking situation feels pretty, pretty solid right now. We never, we don't even mention the punter ever. So uh, that was one little move from today. Also, um, you had a tight end, Jake Tonjes was, was waived. Uh, so they signed a tight end by the name of uh, Eklon Pitts and linebacker Barrington Wade. And I now defer to Greg Braggs to break down both of those players and what they bring to the team. <laughs> <laughs> I'll, I'll defer to Nick. Yeah, well, Barrington well, Wade's uh, Iowa, though. I know that. Barrington well, Wade. There you plus, go. Iowa Hawkeye. And we were sign. kidding around. With, we were kidding around with Rob Schwartz. You've got you've got D Wade on the team now, and you've got Luol Deng, forty six. So you've got two elite NBA players that have chosen to play football after their careers are done, both uh, on the Bears as the, as the depth chart continues to move around, which is where I'd like to go here. Um, you know, depth chart out today for the first time, and Trevis Gibson is fourth string. Um, uh, which caught me by surprise. I don't know where, where you guys came out on that, but uh, I don't know. And if you talk to, you know, Bears coaches about it, Richard Hightower spoke today. Bayless Jones is number one on the depth chart at both punt return and kick return. He's like, don't read too much into that. But then he also added, there's a reason why he's there. So I don't know. What was your guys' reaction to uh, the depth chart in general and specifically Gibson? Yeah, when I think when you look at Travis Gibson, he's now in a room that obviously the Bears have been adding to that position. Demarcus Walker, you bring in Yannick Ngakwe. Terrell Lewis has been flashing a lot more than a Travis Gibson has. I've seen Dominique Robinson now a little bit more, uh, number 90, Dominique Robinson doing some good things with inside moves. So for Travis Gibson, like obviously he's coming off a down year and – to me, like when I saw that and you look at like the practices, yeah, it, it kind of it's it's almost fitting where he's at. And I, I really like Travis Gibson. I liked him when they drafted him. I liked where his trajectory was going. And then last year happened. And obviously it's not the the course that he would like to be on. But these preseason games are going to be very important to him. These rest of these practices are going to be very important to him. But I think that's also when you think about it, you guys, a good thing, because that means hopefully that the Bears obviously have more talent at the top to where you could push a guy like Travis Gibson down the roster. But, uh, you know, personally, I would like to see him fight back and see where he can end up uh, finishing. But, yeah, he's now fourth string on this unofficial depth chart, and we'll see where he ends up in the next couple of weeks. Yeah, it doesn't surprise me at all either, specifically like I talked about earlier with Terrell Lewis, you know, flashing every day at practice. Now you bring in Yannick Ngakwe. You added Demarcus Walker, who's got a spot on this team, and it just simply turns into a numbers game. Uh, Dominique Robinson is someone they drafted last season. Travis Gibson's had more under his belt. So who are you going to cut? Well, Dominique Robinson's starting to flash. And, you know, mm-hmm. like I said, it just turns into a simple numbers game. And that's unfortunate because I'm with you. Travis is a really good dude. 
Uh, but we talked about before the re- before the training camp started, who who would be a surprise cut? And I just when we started naming some of the names, none of them stood out to me as a true surprise. And the only two I could list that would even qualify as a surprise player to be cut were Valus Jones and Travis Gibson. And Travis is starting to teeter into that category, unfortunately. But we'll have to wait and see because you know training camp is one half of it. And I and I see some people in the chat overreacting to my you know uh, reporting of what I'm seeing at camp. But that's only half the story. We still have preseason to go to mm-hmm. make any declarations about what can be affected into the regular season. So if Travis Gibson comes out into these preseason games with his hair on fire and something to prove he could change that depth chart and the narrative that's starting to surround him. Just like any other, you know, observations that I've made, those things can change quickly when the lights come on and they start playing football come Saturday. For our diehard CHGO listeners who haven't peaked at the depth chart right now, uh, defensive front four looks like this to Marcus Walker, Justin Jones, Andrew Billings, Yannick and Gakwe, no surprises there. And then your backups, um, backups to Walker. It goes. It goes. Dominic Robinson, then DeAnthony Jones, then Jalen Harris. Defensive tackle backups: Dexter Pickens, and then Travis Bell and Bravion Roy. And then they list Gibson uh, behind Rasheem Green and Terrell Lewis, and then Travis. I mean, what's surprising to me about it more than anything else, just like how they've gone about how the Bears have gone about their business. Travis Gibson has been spoken to the media multiple times in training camp. They have, mm-hmm. they have put him up there. Now he's, now he's an easy guy to go up to and talk to and maybe bears PR, um, you know, was unaware of the depth chart. That would certainly make a whole lot of sense, but it ain't like they're, it's not like they're um, maybe they are. I have no idea. Uh, but I, but they're, they're not acting like he's not going to be a part of the team. But when you see him as fourth string, you wonder, Obviously, is he is he going to be here? So just for the sheer fact that we've talked to him, I was surprised to see him mm-hmm. listed there. I, I really was. Um, and how about but, uh, Kendall Vildor is the other aspect in this depth chart, you know, with this cornerback room also getting pretty crowded with uh, Terrell Smith starting to shine as a seventh round pick out of Minnesota, adding that with Ter- Tyreek Stevenson, Josh Blackwell, Jalen Jones, like all these shorter names aside from the starters. Kendall Vildor has now found himself at the bottom of the quarterback depth chart as Doug Van Dorn here puts in the chat. Does that make sense to you guys? Cause I, I've always liked the way Kendall scrapped, but his ability obviously falls short a little bit. And I think the depth chart kind of shows that. Yeah. For me with Kendall, um, like I think, like you said, Greg, he's a guy that he loves to compete. He's going to work hard. And I always see him on the sidelines talking to secondary coach, John Hoke. He's always talking to him, always talking to him, listening to what he has to say. Um, obviously, you can't, you know, hear those conversations. But, you know, it just it speaks to your credit to what the Bears now have in terms of depth at that position. I mean, when you look at the un, the unofficial depth chart, it's Jalen Johnson, uh, Kyler Gordon, Tyreek Stevens, Terrell Smith, Greg Stroman, Josh Blackwell. And then you kind of get the Jalen Jones, Michael O.J. Moutier, and, and then finally the Kendall Vildor. Um, but again, he's not a guy that Ryan Poles brought here and he, obviously you're, you're want to see all the competition there. So these preseason games are really going to matter for a guy like Kendall Vildor if he wants to somehow remain on this team. It's listen, at the end of the day, these were guys who were, you know, I'm not gonna say they were entrenched, but Travis Gibson got a ton of snaps 
and uh, and Kindle Vildor was out there a ton too. So the fact they're down the depth chart means that there's more talent on the team, and this is good for the Bears. I see some people in the chat celebrating Vildor's getting knocked down. Hey, man, the Bears' problems the last couple of years was not Kindle Vildor, for the record. Um, it was it was more so getting to the quarterback. So maybe they'll be better at that now. I would, I would, I would, I would think that it would be impossible. Uh, all right, let me, Nick. I know that uh, you've got something very important that you want to tell everybody to help their diet to start our show, to start our first important announcement of the day. Yeah, I'll keep you healthy and youthful like how I look right now. But you guys got to try Factor, everybody. Now that we're in the thick of summer, you might be looking for wholesome, convenient meals. To support sunny, active days, Factor, America's number one ready-to-eat meal kit, can help you fuel up fast with flavorful and nutritious ready-to-eat meals delivered straight to your door. You'll save time, eat well, and stay on track reaching your goals. Look, we all get busy, and there are times when you just don't have time to cook. With Factor, skip the extra trip to the grocery store and the shopping, prepping, and cleaning up, too. While still getting the flavor and nutritional quality you need, Factor's fresh, never-frozen meals are ready in just two minutes, so all you have to do is heat and enjoy and get back to your busy day. Just the other day, I had a black pepper and sage pork chop with a smoked cheddar Brussels sprouts and creamy broccoli. Delicious, you guys, and has 45 grams of protein, just a perfect meal for any tough workout. So this July, August, get Factor, enjoy eating well without the hassle simply choose your meals and enjoy fresh flavor-packed meals delivered to your door ready in just two minutes no prep no mess and here's the most important part you guys head to factormeals.com slash chgo bears and use the code chgo bears to get 50 percent off that's code chgo bears at factormeals.com slash chgo bears to get 50 percent off Breaking news, Jadavion Clowney was in the building with the Baltimore Ravens today. Thank you to my personal uh, breaking news assistant, Gary Ross, for sending that me sending me that tweet as Nick was talking right there. I also want to tell you about Nutrafol. Uh, listen, you don't have to choose between better hair growth and your health. Nutrafol provides a whole body health approach for men that promotes healthier hair. There's no drugs, no compromise, just better hair. For those of you who are wearing a backwards hat and could use some thickening for their hair, you should be listening right now to what I'm talking about. Because, yes, uh, men think that losing their hair is inevitable. You want to take control of your hair's future with Nutrafol science-backed hair growth supplement for men. Did you know that 80% of men will experience hair thinning in their lifetime? It's normal, but it doesn't have to be your fate. You can get ahead of the thinning with Nutrafol. Uh, and also, you, you might be tired of the weakening or thinning hair. Uh, you you want you just, just get to your full potential. Lean into what you're capable of. Nutrafol is the number one dermatologist-recommended hair growth supplement clinically shown to improve your hair growth, visible thickness, and visible scalp coverage. Wondering if the guy with his backwards hat is going to show how he's kind of been scuffling along here. Take the first step to visibly thicker, healthier hair. For a limited time, Nutrafol is offering our listeners $10 off your first month subscription and free shipping when you go to Nutrafol.com, N-U-T-R-A-F-O-L.com slash men and enter the promo code C-H-G-O. Find out why over 4,000 healthcare professionals recommend Nutrafol for healthier hair 
there. Nutrafol.com slash men. Once again, spelled N-U-T-R-A-F-O-L.com slash men. Enter that promo code C-H-G-O. Nutrafol.com slash men. Promo code C-H-G-O. And Everyone go check out Nutrafol. And yes. of course, as you know, we're breaking down training camp and CHGO Bears training camp coverage is brought to you by ComEd Energy Efficiency Program. You can learn more at comed.com slash powering biz. All right. Let's, as we start off, uh, you know, looking back on today, let us, I think we should celebrate the two minute drill and Justin Fields coming through here. Uh, Nick, a lot of, you know, up and down today, but. The big moment of the day was when Justin was able to get the Bears down the field despite a penalty in the field goal range. And what I really liked about it is that he celebrated it coming off the field. So I like to see QB1 having, you know, a nice moment where the confidence is building. Yeah, and what was good about that last, I think it was 55 seconds around the clock, you guys. And it doesn't start off right at all for that first team offense. You get the offensive pass interference from Cole Komet, and he talked about it in his post game or in the post practice press conference like it was a little debatable even though the corner falls down doesn't mean it's a p you know a pass interference on him so it starts with that then the very next play justin fields gets sacked so the offense has to overcome some negative plays being down the chains and he does so by finding dj Moore twice on that drive finding a nice uh tyler scott who caught the ball in the middle of the field for a nice gain and then you have to clock it i think it was with point or 0.6 seconds left on the clock and that's where Justin Fields once he clocks it you know he kind of celebrates because you have Cairo Santos who who's definitely capable of making a 50 yarder nailing it from there but it was nice to see even though things didn't work out they were off schedule to right at the start of that drive the offense came back was able to overcome that against a it was a first team defense that was still missing a lot of starters but still a first team defense that they were facing able to come back from those negative plays and ultimately make it a, an overall win at the end of practice there. Braggs, anything stand out for me from that stanza? Yeah. Tyler Scott over the middle was in with the ones on that two minute drill and came wide open and fields delivered a really nice strike to him. Uh, as you mentioned earlier, Carm, it's just exciting to watch the kind of separation that Tyler Scott can get. Um, and it, we don't know, I don't, I don't know if you guys specifically know, but I feel like I, I can't differentiate when they're doing the two minute drill, how much time they're actually giving them. Uh, they're not starting necessarily right at two minutes. Every time they do the two minute drill, right, Nick, they're giving them different situations mm-hmm. each time. Uh, so in that regard, obviously fields was ha- happy with them getting into field goal range and, and taking the field goal. And then Cairo made back-to-back ones. They did two and he made both of them in high wind. So that's encouraging. But I guess my question would be to just try to look on the other side of the coin in these two minute drills. I feel like they're settling for field goals quite a bit. Uh, how many times Nick, would you say just off the top of your head that they've finished these two minute drills where it's ones versus the twos defense with a touchdown? Cause I, I, I can probably count it on, couple fingers i feel like i I don't even know if they they have but i I wanted to defer to you because you're the note taker and i'm the i'm the tweeter (laughs) yeah no i mean that's a good point greg i would say that it probably is on one hand where you can actually count the times that they've scored touchdowns on those drives but i think how they view it too like points are points but even though obviously you want to see the touchdown in the end but 
I would have to go back and see exactly um, in those situations. Like save that answer for tomorrow so you can actually dig down into uh, your notes, 12 days of practice. How many times? That's what I want to know. That's your homework assignment uh, for the uh, night is to tell uh, me how many times they've scored a touchdown in two minutes. Nick, I don't want to overrule Greg, but I'll give you the answer right now. Not enough is the answer. I mean, that's, you know, they – we need to see them get in the end zone more. But you know what I did like about the field goal situation, at least the way it ended? The last pass was, was you know, they didn't have a lot of time. Fields was kind of scrambling around, and then bang, he, he hits DJ Moore. Um, they run up and they, they clock it. It just spoke to his security blanket. This is his guy. We need a big play. We got to get in a range. I got to pick up six, seven yards. They weren't looking for anything huge. Let me go to my dude who I know is going to be open. And I don't want to make too big of a deal about, you know, one play in training camp. But the fact that they have that guy that he absolutely knows he can go to when he needs to have something is a big change from where they were at. I just saw a smile on the face of Nicholas Moriano. Something just happened. Uh, it's this damn chat and me being just no facial hair. There is some issue. Cache is is working the angles right now in the chat. I love it. <laughs> <laughs> hey, if a game, Nick rubs some neutrophil on your upper lip there. So good use of our, uh, of our partner there. This will all be back literally probably like I'll, tomorrow. No. There'll be something there. No, 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 no. Lean into it. Go with the youth. You're, you're so unbelievably adorable this way. I think you should, I think you should <laughs> lean in. Um, all right. So it was, it was a good two minute drill who wasn't really involved in that two minute drill, but I want to segue over to him anyway, because I thought it was at least interesting. And it was one thing we did not mention in the depth chart. Uh, Bayless Jones is your kick returner. He's your punt returner. Last time we left Bayless Jones in a bear season, he was coughing up footballs and being replaced by Dante Pettis. And now, I mean, Pettis has been out all the training camp. And Tyler Scott has never returned punts in his career, even though that speed is tantalizing to have him back there. But Bayless is getting the shot to do this. And I, I asked Richard Hightower, the Bears special teams coordinator, what are you looking for from Bayless to secure this spot in the preseason games? And he joked, he's like a touchdown. And, um, uh, you know, and then he's like, do you remember, do you remember his kickoff, ret- you know, his punt return against the Seahawks? last year in the preseason when he took one back uh, for 48 yards. And I want to apologize uh, to Richard Hightower and Bears fans everywhere because I lied uh, to Richard Hightower. I did not remember it in the moment. And I said that I did. I should have been honest and said, uh, you know what? I don't remember what I had for breakfast. I am, you know, turning an age that I don't want to talk about this week. And uh, no, I did not remember. I didn't, I did not remember that, uh, that moment in time, but what I, but what I did follow up was I thought you were going to say ball security. And he said, well, you got to catch it first, but I, you know, yes. So yes, that's obvious that's included in that, but he wants to see him making some plays too. He wants to have a threat back there. So Valus is going to get an opportunity to win this job clearly, uh, which is a good turn for Valus. It's a way that he could contribute and get himself in the mix in, in year two. Yeah. You know, what's interesting with that question. It's like, because the biggest issue for Valus was simply catching and holding on to the football. But now for Richard Hightower, who's seen the growth, seen Valus be more confident with tracking the football and just knowing where he needs to be, that it's not just simply just, yeah, you need to catch it. It's go make a play with the ball. So I think that just shows the trust 
and obviously you see the unofficial depth chart as much as you you want to uh, take it into consideration. He is the punt returner, kick returner first there, but that's the expectations now. Make a play with it. We 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 got we feel like as a coaching staff we've gotten past the part of you simply just catching it. Now go make a play, and that's what Velas is was here to do. That's why he was drafted in the third round. He does have elite speed, so I hope that we see that version of Velas even on Saturday in the first preseason game and continue to not only win that job but just prove to his coaching staff that you invested this third-round draft pick in me so that I can do you know multiple different things on this football field, and impacting the kick return, punt return game is obviously one of them. Yeah, absolutely. If he can, if he, I mean, they don't want Tyler Scott returning these puns. I know they've had him back there, you know, practicing fielding them, but I'm sure if they had their, their way, they'd prefer Valus Jones to return these puns. That's what they drafted him for, you know? And, and I thought the overarching expectations for him because of the lack of wide receiver depth last year was unfair, maybe similar to a lesser extent in the way the expectations were heaped upon Devin Hester once they made him a number one wide receiver because they paid him, but he, you know, that's not who he was. If you had had four good wide receivers around Devin, he'd have been a great number five wide receiver, but to try to make Velas a number one or number, obviously not a number one with Mooney, but just somebody that's a bigger part of the offense was never going to happen. But when you draft a wide receiver in the third round, be a good special teams player, come in and be a gadget player. And that's a solid pick in the third round. And I think he has that opportunity. He's already locked down as a good kick returner. We know that he just needs to prove he can field punts, but you know, the, the leash is going to be short considering he blew a couple games last year that were, that were, you know, a lot on his shoulders. So he's got to prove he can make those catches. That is actually interesting. Like how long is the leash? Let's say he drops the first punt, literally punt to Bayless drops it is he out there for the next one like i i mean how long does he have it, it can't be it's it, it ain't it ain't gonna be much he's he's gonna have to the, the pressure that he's to secure the football and be and be productive is gonna be on him Im- immediately but one thing that richard said and it's obvious for anybody who's been out to training camp bayless looks way more comfortable back there mm-hmm. like last year he was he was like sprinting over awkwardly trying to find the football. It just did not seem comfortable at all. It's like, you were looking at it like, that's not how it's supposed to be. You watch him now. If it, it, it does feel different. So, um, Bayless moving up the depth chart, baby. Let's go. Uh, all right. I know we got a ton of super chats coming in and I'm still, um, anticipating that a man by the name of Adam Hogue is, is going to show up here. But so while we wait for the Hoger and and we'll get to the chats coming back here, a lot more to cover too. Just want to remind you that CHGO is uh, supported by the Goose Island Beer Company, Chicago's beer since 1988. The beer roster is thick. 312 Weedale, the full pocket pills, the tropical beer hug that my guy Herb Howard loves to come over to CHGO and enjoy a 9.9% alcohol. Dangerously easy to drink. Uh, and might actually, you know, send you in a nice nap later in the day. And then there's the Goose IPA, the six-time medal winner at the Great American Beer Fest. Grab an ultra-fresh brewery-exclusive beer at the Goose Island Original Brew House on Clybourne Avenue in Lincoln Park or from their tap room on Fulton Street in Westtown. Goose Island Beer Company, Chicago's Beer. Go check out Goose Island, you guys, and you also got to check out Circle K. We are so excited to partner with our friends at Circle K. You can check out your local Circle K for the best coffee, 
beer and snack selection of course premium gas and look out for those freebies and giveaways down the road they always have them so you got to be on the lookout for those but look if you're going on a long road trip you know exactly where you need to stop you're going to listen to chio bears podcast you're going to remember we talked about circle k you're going to stop in there find all your snacks you're going to be good to go and again we just want to say thank you to circle k for sponsoring chgo and again visit the nearest circle k to pick up all your favorite finds and when you walk into circle k have your sunglasses on take on the sun gear built to last you know it you love it we just got some new pairs from our friends at shady rays who have you covered all summer long into the winter year-round shady rays the independent sunglasses company with the world-class product that you absolutely love because they've got the most insane protection plan in all of eyewear every pair backed by their lost and broken replacements you look cool and then if you lose them you break them They're going to give you a brand new pair, no questions asked. That's why we love our friends at Shady Rays. You can wear your sunglasses with confidence because they've got your back, and they're the best. Shady Rays, giving back to the community as well, uh, providing young adults with MS, the outdoor adventure of a lifetime. Shady Rays making all sorts of impacts in your community and others, uh, and which is just an, an awesome thing that they do. So Shady Rays right now for you, the CHGO listener, best deal of the season. Go to ShadyRays.com, use that code CHGO. You get 50% off on two or more pairs of polarized sunglasses. Try for yourself the shades that are rated five stars for over by over 250,000 people. Shady Rays. I was wearing them today out at practice. All right. Uh, Super Chat World, the Pod Watch, hooking us up. Uh, what do you got here, Greg? Why don't you take us to Super Chat World? Uh, do you want? Uh, I didn't know if you want to do or you want to bring in the mansion. Oh, the mansion is here. And we'll save the we'll save the the um, unless he's frozen again. I don't uh-huh. know. I don't know. What? Do you, oh wait, I'm yeah. sorry. Yeah, here we go. There he is. The mansion <laughs> has entered the building. Guys, I feel like there's a 3% chance this is going to work. <laughs> well, we're going to take that 3% chance yeah. because you improved the show, the quality of the show mightily. So we're going to take the risk. <laughs> yeah, I doubt it. Um, yeah, you know, we got it, it, it. We're good. I have no idea what's going on. There are cables being dug up. There's a nice guy named Will right outside that window back there. Uh, that is, uh, you know, trying to come up with solutions, which is what the Bears are trying to do right now. We're all grinding for solutions here in August before the regular season starts. Adam, why don't you give us your best and worst from today as we can uh, somehow make this a, a thing? Yeah, well, besides talking to Gary Ross and seeing him in person, uh, which was obviously the best part of the day, um, uh, yeah, and apologize if you guys already talked about some of this, but I thought that that third down conversion that Justin Fields had uh, to Tyler Scott, the two-minute drill, when things were breaking down. Obviously, Cole Komet did not agree with that offensive pass interference call that was called against him on first down, but that set them behind the chains. Um, Fields actually came back with a good play on second down to DJ Moore to get them back on schedule, or at least closer on schedule, and then it got backed up again by a sack. So by no means was it a pretty two-minute drill, but – the quarterback kept trying to fight back, and he did come up with two completions there, especially that third and long to Tyler Scott, which was right at the first down marker, uh, and they counted as a first down, and ultimately uh, with one more completion, it helped set up a 50-yard field goal for Cairo Santos. So um, 
look, n- none of those situations are ever going to be perfect. And it was good to see Justin Fields, who was sort of having an up and down day, come up big with that big third down throw. Give me your worst. Yeah, the worst also has to do with the quarterback, though, because when they were backed up um, at the at their own goal line, I thought there was multiple throws uh, that could have been made to Equinemia St. Brown uh, where he came open. And on the first, Justin threw it away uh, out of bounds. I'm not sure if he ever really realized that 19 was coming open. And mm-hmm. on the second one, that looked like a sort of one of those classic Justin Fields plays where he looked at it and then just didn't pull the trigger and went for the check down. Now, the one thing I will say about both of those plays is when you're backed up on your own goal line, you can't have a catastrophic catastrophic uh, mistake. And so throwing that out of bounds, hitting the check down, there's certainly worse outcomes. Um, yeah, I, I wonder how the coaches will look at those plays and maybe they'll even give them some credit. Um, but I did think that 19 was open on both of those plays and um, – if you're asking Justin Fields to get to the next level, those are the ones that you want to have, in my opinion. Yeah, I, I'm right with you for the record on the, particularly the one to Brown down the right sidelines. I mean, he was running wide open, free, uh, and it could have been a huge play. And you just, you just want to see him see in the field like that. Like, bottom line, um, I, I get what you're saying, though. You are, you are in in dangerous territory, backed up, all that. But, it, but I mean, I we were all sitting there right on that one. It was like EQ right in front of us. He's running free. He's about five, he's open by about five yards. Um, but a right. fair point by the outlander right there on in the comments that um, you know maybe Justin doesn't trust St. Brown the same way like he does with Mooney uh, or DJ Moore or Claypool. Uh, now I will say. St. Brown was on the team last year. I'd hope they'd have some trust, but I do think it's a fair point that, you know, if that was DJ Moore who was coming wide open right there, I think Justin pulled the trigger. And so maybe that's not his first read. Maybe that's not who he's exactly looking for, expecting to come open. But look, these are all kind of excuses though. Mm -hmm. Throw the ball. That's what I want to see at this point. Um, So again, some good, some really big third down throws. Um, the two minute drill, but there were some other things early on that I just wanted to, I just, you know, you just want to see number one, start making some of those plays. Yeah. And I just saw the, the comment that Bragg's put up, doesn't trust in practice. Like excellent point. It's practice. Throw the ball. Yeah. Dan Sharp, you're <laughs> on it. N- nothing bad's going to happen. And, and even worse, uh, it wasn't a tight window. Dude's wide open. You don't trust yeah. him for that. Then he, then he shouldn't be in the, he shouldn't be in the building. I, I don't think he saw him. I, I, well, I don't, and, I, and Jedi uh, Jada here in the chat puts EQ definitely last in progression. I'm sorry. That's simply false on this particular play. He drops back in the first look is to Equinamia St. Brown and he chose not to pull it. And he was wide open. He had inside leverage on the cornerback. He looked directly at him. All of us were in the stands and had a perfect angle of this play. And he simply chose not to throw it for whatever reason, tucked it and ran to the left side for a short gain. So I understand like, you know, we're getting to this point now because I'm trying to bring up different things in my reporting, what you guys are doing and everyone's trying to like, you know, smooth it over and rationalize the why. But at the end of the day, that is what occurred. And does that mean that he's not going to hit those balls in the season? No. But does that mean he needed to pull the trigger there? Yes. It's not making some overarching statement about the rest of his season. But at this point, those are plays that he needs to pull the trigger on, especially in practice. They got to work on this stuff and build that chemistry and trust on those kind of plays. 
Yeah, and usually, you guys, I, I think if we're you know projecting to the regular season, Justin Fields is a guy that likes to throw the deep ball. Like that's something that even though the offense was not very good last season, they still had a, a good amount of attempts trying to target downfield. And now you have some of the playmakers to do so. So even though we're not seeing as much of it in practice, and you know Fields, I think did miss EQ on down the right sideline. I it's not. I don't think that Justin Fields gun shy. Like if if he wants to go downfield, he is, but. Like, that's just a play where, you know, he just needs to trust his eyes and trust the coverage, what he saw pre-snap, and let loose. Because that was a ball where I think he could have given EQ a chance. He chose to take take that check down. But I think come the regular season, usually you will see a Justin Fields, you know, take that deep shot. Maybe this time we'll, we'll have some better success with actually connecting with those. Whole couple things we, we talked about that – Love your comments on one, the depth chart, and two, uh, the ascension, let's call it, of Valus Jones to the top spot, both at punt returner and kick returner. Yeah, I mean, it doesn't, that part didn't necessarily surprise me. I just think it's notable that it, that's how they view it um, because he had been taken off as the punt returner last year because they couldn't trust him. We all know that they've been working on it. And, um, I, I do think it's looked better in practice. Now, let's see what it looks like in games because games are a completely different thing. There are 11 guys wearing an opponent's jersey running right at you, and uh, it's it's a little bit – I mean, it's a lot different when they can hit you uh, <laughs> after you catch the ball. So um, we'll see how that translates to the games. I'm, it's one of the – I'm sure as we get closer to Saturday, we'll, uh, you know, mention some of the things that we want to see Saturday, but that's towards the top of my list is especially when it comes to special teams, just what it looks like in the return game. Not only what it looks like with Bayless Jones, but just who else gets opportunities um, to get some returns. And I asked coach Hightower about that today, you know, and he made it very clear. They're going to get, they're going to get guys in there. There's only so many return reps you can get in the three preseason games. So, um, it sounds like based on what Richard Hightower said, if Valus, you know, has a great punt return, uh, breaks one for, for you know, not even a touchdown, but let's just say like a, a 30, 40 yard return on a punt and looks smooth doing it, then that might be all he gets. And they'll go to the next guy just to see what they have. I'm very intrigued by Tyreek Stevenson being a potential return option. Um, mm-hmm. uh, you know, I think if all things are great with Valus, he's the guy. Um, but Stevenson's obviously fast and, um, it's just, in, it, it was interesting hearing Hightower talk about that to be, today because, um, he, he looks smooth doing it, has experience doing it in college and they're giving him a chance here with the bears. So I just find that interesting. A lot on that dude's plate. They, so, okay. Yeah. You can be the, the backup here too, by the way. Uh, that's, that just, that seems like a lot, but, uh, but I guess that's a hell of a compliment for Tyreek. Any, anything on the depth chart? Um, yeah, beyond the returners, um, is, tre- is Travis done? Is this it? Okay. That's what it was. I don't have my notes in front of me right now because of the way this whole setup was. Um, yeah. but yeah, Travis Gibson and Kendall Vildor listed last at their respective positions. Um, I think is just the writings on the wall there, guys. I mean, we're, we're talking about two guys that, uh, were drafted by the previous regime Neither one of them are high draft picks. They're just guys, fifth rounders that the Bears were hoping to develop. And different circumstances, um, 
Travis Gibson's played a lot of different positions, even going back to college. They moved him, you know, from five technique, inside, outside, inside, outside, different defensive scheme. And it's just like, I don't know if it's that or if it's just him not taking that next jump. But um, I think we were all very hopeful last year that maybe he would, you know, have a breakout season and it just ne- didn't really happen. And now they've brought in so <laughs> many did. different yeah, they just they brought in so many different guys that it just didn't work out. And then same thing with Kendall Vildor, who I think is a serviceable back serviceable backup. But hey, new regimes, they want their own guys, and um, just to see those guys last on the depth chart on a roster where there's a lot of guys at both of those positions, I thought that was very noteworthy. Man, I like both those dudes. Uh, that's that's going to take me a minute to. You know, get ready to say my goodbyes, but maybe they'll maybe they'll flash big here against Tennessee. It's not completely over yet, but uh, that, the way you just put that, I think, is accurate. The writing seems to be on the wall. Uh, all right, Braggs, you want to take us through some super chats here and see if Hoag's internet holds for another ten minutes? It's sure. Yeah, I I want to give the Pod Watch a shout out. He gave us a 1999 super chat, and I did see him in the comments saying that he he tried to attach the comment to it and couldn't. And I know sometimes there's some confusion as to how to do that for some. So Pod Watch again, if you can put that comment in the chat, I'll be happy to pull it up. But for now, we'll give you a shout out because I did see recently he's been tagging us in a few things. He's like reviewing podcasts, and uh, that always gets me a little bit nervous. But he's always uh. The reviews he's given so far have been actually pretty uh, flattering, and we appreciate his support. So shout out to you, Podwatch. I'll pull up your comment if I see it. Uh, Seth Kane, $5 super chat. How is Travis Bell looking? No, he's a long shot to make the team practice squad, but I loved his story. And and Seth, I, I think I'll go first with this. Uh, he had his first flash play for me today. He was in second team reps in 11 on 11s and had a really nice swim move up the middle and immediately got in the backfield and, and came running back to the huddle and was really excited about the outcome of the play. So for me, that was the first time he flashed. So maybe he's catching on and it was a second team rep, which most, most of his reps, this, um, you know, camp have been third string for him. Yeah, I know for me in the family fest, he had a nice swim move, get into the backfield type of play. Um, and I can't remember exactly which offensive lineman he was going against, but I'm like, oh, okay. And this just, he came, he was on a rep right after Javon Dexter. It was like a, he was off the ball pretty slow. And then you saw Travis Bell and it was quick in the backfield, a nice little swim move. So that's why it stood out so much when we saw it happen. So I think there have been, like you said, Greg, some flash plays. Obviously, with a you know day three seventh round draft pick, you you, you never know what you're going to honestly get. So if you can start stacking those, then I mean, obviously that looks good on Ryan Poles and identifying some some talent that you can coach up here and hopefully utilize you know down the road in later seasons. Yeah, guys, I still think it's a long shot for him to make the roster, but um, it is encouraging to see him splash a little bit the last few days because. Haven't noticed him a whole lot, and he was one of the more intriguing rookies coming in. Um, but, you know, if you're looking for reasons to watch the second half of these preseason games, that would be one of them, see yep. what he can do on the field. I do think that that his smaller stature, uh, it just in terms of height, gives him some extra leverage. I've seen that a couple times pop up in one-on-ones where it's helped him. So I'm intrigued to see him late in these games get an opportunity. There's still time, I think, for him to show off a little bit. And, uh I, I still think the most likely outcome there with the seventh rounder, though, is he ends up on the practice squad. Mm-hmm. Okay, we'll move it along. I'll let uh, yeah. I'll let Carm read the next one. Go ahead, Carm. 
Nicholas Raimondo, 499. What's one player that needs to prove the most going into the first preseason game? I think it's the two that we just teed up in Vildor and Gibson, who uh, are hanging seemingly by a thread here. Uh, those would be two. V- Velas has to, you know, show that what he's done in practice is uh, going to translate to games. I think that's another one. Uh, and from there, you know, I mean, there's a, there's a, there's, you know, some steep competition on that D line. Who's going to emerge. Yeah, guys. I mean, I'm looking at, so I don't think he has the most approved, but it's going to just still be interesting to watch Tyreek Stevenson and Terrell Smith battle today. Terrell Smith yep. was not practicing. So obviously Tyreek Stevenson got a lot of those reps, made some plays with them uh, today with the first team. So, but still watching the preseason and how that unfolds. Jalen Johnson's is not going to be playing, you know, obviously very much in the preseason. So seeing how those guys still compete against the opposing offense, I, I liked how, um, I think it was Jalen Johnson put it. They're not competing against each other. They're competing against the offense. So I'm really looking forward to seeing how those two guys still, you know, show up, who's going to be more consistent, make more plays, maybe draw less flags and things like that. But that's another just matchup to watch as the preseason goes on. Uh, And I I don't want to be too – I don't want to take anything away from Tyreek Stevenson, but the pick today that he had on fields, that ball was not thrown well. It was super late. It was in the air for a, th- a thousand years. He should have caught it, and he did. So it, it's not. It, I, I just wouldn't call. I don't want it to be looked at, and no one's really doing that. I'm gonna, some incredible I'm gonna play. It, I'm going to call you out on that and disagree a little bit, Carm. It was definitely a bad ball. That part's legit. But I mean, Tyreek Stevenson went up in the air and contorted his body in the air like a wide receiver adjusting to a bad ball in the air. And he was the one who made the play over Darnell Mooney, who was still in position to at least knock it down. Um, quite frankly, those are some of those plays that we have not seen Jalen Johnson make uh, enough. So I, I, I like seeing that from Tyreek Stevenson. I think the degree of difficulty on that interception was at least an eight, if not higher. Um, I thought it was a great play. And I, I thought it was an eye opener for him. And, and I like seeing that. Um, the, the one guy I would say has lots of proof. And in all these preseason games, um, a player who should matter, but I think that's Javon Dexter, who we got a chance to talk to today. Um, show us that get off. Everyone's saying that it's there, that it's something he can do. He thinks he can do it. That's fine. Uh, these games are going to now be live, real football to an extent, mostly live, you know, real football. But, you know, show us on t- – it's going to be on tape. Let's see how you can get off the ball, make some plays in these games. Um, I would say Javon Dexter. Let me ask you this real quick, Hogue, when you talk about Tyreek Stevenson standing out, making that play. Earlier in camp, you had said that there was a legit competition between him and Terrell Smith, who was starting to shine as a seventh-round rookie out of Minnesota. Do you think Tyreek Stevenson has started to put that to bed with his you know, play? I think he's been making plays really well here in the last week since pads went on. Yeah, well, uh, I mean, a couple of things here. First of all, let's give uh, Terrell Smith the credit. I believe he's a fifth-round pick. Um, okay, my bad. So, so um, you know, not look. Once you're drafted, it, where you're drafted doesn't necessarily matter. But um, although it still kind of does to some extent, uh, I, I look. I, I like how the Bears have done this because obviously Terrell Smith has earned this opportunity to push Tyreek Stevenson. And that being said, <laughs> I I do not necessarily like when rookies are just handed their jobs outright. And I was a little surprised that they went to Tyreek Stevenson as 
seemingly their second starting cornerback as fast as they did uh, outside corner that is and, and so i liked seeing in camp some legitimate competition and it's been a fun competition uh, and i think stevenson has bounced back pretty well from those struggles he was having that first week so i think it worked um and terrell smith hasn't necessarily done anything poorly uh other than he just wasn't on the field um today was he out was he there sunday or was he out Sunday too? No, he was there. I'm pretty he was sure. there. So yeah. it's just today. So just today. But you know what? If the guy you're competing with is is not on the field, uh, you go out there and make plays and make the most of it. That's what Tyreek Stevenson did today. All right, Carm. Uh, quick before we get to the next super chat, we were talking about who has the most to prove Saturday. Robert Friel wants to know which CHGO Bears guy has the most to prove this year. I mean, we're all under the fire here, Robert. And you, I, I listen, I feel it every single day. People like uh, the late, the last super chat from Chubbs82 coming in for five bucks. Carm's takes are so transparently based on who he likes having conversations with. Is that an insult to many media? Forget these are human beings. Listen to me, Chubbs. I haven't spoken to Tyreek Stevenson or Ter- Terrell Smith. And, I'm t- and I will push back on Hogue's comment. That was no eight. That was a four. I would have caught that ball. Hogue would have oh caught it. God. He's actually, Chubbs, I think, is actually giving you credit here. I, I think so, yeah. He's uh, saying you understand they're human beings, and that's. You know, you're transparent in that. I th- yeah. honestly think Chubbs yeah, is giving yeah, you credit. Yeah, yeah it was so not settle, a... so settle down, Carm. <laughs> transparency based on who he likes having conversations with. Uh, okay. Well, hey, we're, it's we're... not an insult. You're looking at them as human beings. Credit to you. Okay, thank you very much. Okay, that's well, not an insult. To... You know, we're we're all a bit defensive because we're all on the chopping block. I'm getting a lot of heat today for my my deep ball voiced concerns on Twitter and, and Hoag's met it at mini camp with his observations. Carm's always getting the, the arrows and, you know, they love Lewis, me. Lewis Tose puts, man, us bears fans are finally hype about a season. You guys are over analyzing and the criticism is real. Jeez. And yes, it's a difference between reporting and analyzing. And I'll just say, look, we're just trying to give it to you straight. We're not making any grandiose proclamations. I think I can speak for everybody here. We're just trying to tell you what we're seeing and we're excited for the season to come as much as anybody. I think this is uh, their bears are primed for a, a surprise season, but we got to get there first. We're a month away and we're going to report what we see day to day, but we don't need to take it and run and go crazy with overly positive or overly negative reports or however you want to see they fit. We're just trying to give it to you straight as best we can from the four of us that are there every day. Well said, and uh, yes, Braggs definitely has the most to prove this year, without a doubt. <laughs> That's fine. I can take the heat. Nicholas uh, Ramondo, four ninety nine. Super. Already chat. did that one. My bad. Well, maybe I liked it so much I wanted to read it again. Evan Williams, nineteen ninety nine. Super chat. What would Fields' touchdown to interception ratio be for camp thus far? <laughs> Oh, that was funny. Uh, Bragg's most approved immediately screws up. Um, <laughs> Give me a break here. Jesus. I know. I know. I, we don't look. Here's the thing. Um, I don't know that it's fair to do touchdown to interception ratio in camp because they're not always in position to score a touchdown. You know what I mean? Like there's only, there's only so many reps they get like in the low uh, red area but mm-hmm. a lot of times they're in the middle of the field. So the chances you're going to score a touchdown is probably at that point lower than you might throw an interception. So, so, so can I, if I can amend the question just a little bit, Evan, cause I like the question, but 
let's call it what would be the um the the good throw to interception ratio right and i and i think that for the most part i don't know what would you guys say i still think if we're just talking in a five to one at least yeah because remember like i think it was you who tweeted it out adam like this was justin field's first interception in camp and that came a few days into camp already so and obviously he's already throwing touchdowns at that point so He's definitely look. He has way more touchdowns than he has interceptions, but it is just unfair because they're in different situations. They're in different periods, seven on seven, team, all these different things. So it's probably not the best indicator to see how the quarterback's doing in a training camp as looking at just touchdowns and interceptions. Uh, I'm gonna raise the bar on with you, Evan, here, and say like, how about the great throws to the really awful ones? And for me, that that's like I feel like that's like three to one. Um, he, he's had his fair share of interceptions here. I mean, they, they they have he's had days where it's you know been back to backs and it hasn't looked good. And then he's had some um, you know just really nice moments where the offense looks good. And the reason why it's three to one is because him and DJ Moore have have developed a, a chemistry that he hasn't had in the past. And of course, that him and Claypool are dominating training camp too. Well, and this is where, you know, the context of a play at camp works both ways because we could say on on touchdowns that have occurred that there could have been a sack on the play and they let the play Mm -hmm. run through and then he throws it touchdown. And I could go on Twitter and only report on the touchdown and Marcus Robinson in the chat would eat it up like it was, you know, candy, candy at the candy shop. But I'd leave out the fact that it is sack, and there'd never be there'd never be a question about it. Now the other way around, Tyreek Stevenson today gets an interception. As Nick mentioned, that should have been a sack by Dominique Robinson. Mm-hmm. So you could take away the interception there because it would have been a sack. So there's a lot going on within the structure of a play at camp, and there's different levels to it. And depending on where your eyes are, you're going to miss a, a, a thing or two. And that's why it's nice the four of us are there. So. You know, to me, I, I, you know, four to one is probably fair. You said five to one. Carm said three to one. I think if we meet somewhere in the middle, that that's probably fair. More often than not, they've been pretty consistent. You know, uh, the offense has only had one horrific day where he threw back-to-back interceptions to Jaquan Brisker and then one to Kyler Gordon, and it felt like at any moment they could throw a pick. Other than that, Justin Fields and the offense have been consistent for sure. What candy is the candy guy having at the candy shop? I don't know the lollipop. If we're gonna go fifty cent full fifty cent mode, there take you to the candy shop. Ooh, I like it. Okay. To- what about a Tootsie Roll? Yeah, I know you, that's from your generation, the Tootsie Roll song. <laughs> so <laughs> keep, keep it moving. All right, All right we'll Willy keep, Wonka. We'll, yeah, Willy Wonka. Edward Rhymes, $10 super chat, who said I'm not giving him enough shout-outs on Twitter, so I'll shout him out here. Disciplined, intelligent, athletically gifted are the reasons JF1 takes the next step. We're overanalyzing this. No QB makes them all as in all the throws, not even the hall of famers practice perfectly all the time. It's true. Yeah. You're going to miss throws throughout a practice. It you should, you're trying out new things. You're getting chemistry with new guys. So you're not going to hit them all. We're just pointing out some of the plays that we saw. And like you said, there's been a lot of great plays by just feel this, this podcast started off by how he executed. It was 55 seconds on the clock to get the, the bears a field goal range. So 
He's made a lot of plays, and we're just going to give it to you straight. Uh, I just want to remind everybody, when, when Ryan Poles was asked, what's his, what's, what does he want to see from Justin Fields this year? The answer was improve. It wasn't throw for 4,000 yards. It wasn't, it wasn't to win the MVP. It was to improve. And that really, in my mind, should be the bar of where we're going here. I'm not saying we don't, you know, it, it, we want a significant improvement, but let, let's not, um, let's, 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 I, I think we got to, especially early in the season, I'm talking to myself now, I guess, more than anybody, uh, you know, let's not raise the bar too high to something that he can't, is that putting, you know, just too high that if he doesn't reach it, then people are going to be freaking out. That's, that's not going to be fair to his growth. Next question. Next question. <laughs> Getting in here. I didn't know if somebody was going to follow up. I apologize. I didn't want to interrupt. How do I get I... control of these super chats? I want. Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> these Bragg's well, produce shows. Uh, you know what? Level. Don't give me nothing. Chubbs, How many more do we Eighty-two. Five dollars super chat. I'll be producing for the rest of your lives. You're in my house. Who's <laughs> got practice? Today. Keep it moving. I'm not surprised that Gibson spotted the last interview. What are you doing? Are you going to read it? You know, we have audio, people that are going to listen through audio with your little mumbling that you just did there. Chubbs82, excellent point. Let me slow down. I'm not surprised at Gibson's spot. His last interview, he had anger. He kept saying he doesn't listen to the noise, but obviously does. He's a cut. And there you have it from Chubbs. <laughs> I guess He's I didn't notice that from Gibson. Okay. All right. He got I that. He got uh we'll see. Ed, I'm Edward. I'm holding out I'm holding out hope for Travis, damn it. Resurgent Travis. Something? I don't Hello. remember that with Travis Gibson. Did I miss I must have missed something. I don't know. Uh, <laughs> I think I think I just trust Trump. I, I remember Trump's I remember that. Lies. Edward Rhymes, five dollar super chat. Sometimes the defense just makes a great play. Let's go defense. Absolutely. Completely agree with that. So Edward. Uh, what? It's Carm over here. I want to have lunch <laughs> with you. I'm gonna have to live in reality at some point here, Edward. But sure, let, we can credit the defense. So keys five dollars super chat off topic. Nick, what happened to the stash, bro? Don't tell me she made you do it. Oof. No, no, Oof. no, no. I go through waves. Like the mustache will last maybe a week and a half, two weeks tops. The beard will grow back. The, the beard is already growing back when I had the stash, and then I'm like. All right, I just got some new razors. Let's shave it all off. And look, the stubble, if you're watching, it's already growing back. I have my beard back in like two days. So just go through ways. You did it as a tribute to Pee Wee Herman. Sure. (laughs) (laughs) I should have highlighted every comment about Nick's mustache. We could have spent another hour in here. They've been very wild with the. With They've all the gotten hair pretty wild hair. and pretty comical. So, uh, final one, our guy Eric Cremens, who hooked us up with the the bourbon uh, from from Kentucky, CHGO Cram, is very upset with you, uh, Carm, because you were the only one that ducked him. Everybody else took time to say hi to Eric, and you ducked him the whole week he was there. You know, you give Nick crap for you know pulling the Hollywood stunt on people, but now you're doing the same thing. Are you a man of the people or not, Mark? Don't give us that look. 
I am giving you that look because I did not know the CHGO cram was there. And I just left. I just left the show. That's fine. CHGO cram, you know that we're boys, so that that's just not that's not fair. Uh, in the last minutes we have here, I just like to have a quick. Um, what's up, Ravi? I see you. Just a quick uh, one and two in the chat. One. Is it okay for a grown man to wear a Bears polo um, as a, I don't know, go to training camp look? Or two, is that only for grandparents? One, a, a man in his prime with an amazing wife and five-year-old superstar daughter is playing ping pong. Has Nick's left the show too? Oh, there it is. <laughs> I don't Do wear we, it though, so I don't. It was a gift that I. I don't think. Or I ever or wore. or two. That's something your grandfather wears. Yeah, seriously. Somebody in the chat just brought up a great pe- fact. Where's the nipple zippers at, Carm? <laughs> uh, this hey. is coming from a guy that wears nipple zippers. All right. I like my shirt. Yeah, and I like my shirt. Let me check this out. There you Come go, on, guys. There Look you go. This. this is what he's thinking. It's funny. I think it looks good. It's a nice, nice. Uh, you know, golf polo. I thought Carm and I were going to be golfing today, so I busted out the golf polo, and then we had to call an audible and and come home here and, and do our shows from home. So <laughs> I'm disappointed. I was. I thought. Uh, thank uh, you, Ravi. Uh, fresh uh, brags. I'm with Blasen Game. I wouldn't do it, but be do you? There you go. That's how I think we should end the show. <laughs> well, no, no, no self respecting man's wearing that polo. You but- wear nipple zippers. Be quiet. <laughs> Now we're going to end the show a different way because we all got to meet Elise. You guys got to meet Elise today, AKA Ivan with the dogs that's in our chat. Uh, and she's always in my spaces that we do on Twitter. And she's a really good girl uh, from South Bend, Indiana. And she came all the way out to Lake Forest to watch the bears practice today. And on the way home, she got in a car accident. She's oh, no. okay. Yeah, she's okay. She got T-boned. I don't think it was her fault, but mm. I haven't had a chance to talk with her. Uh, but you know, she was hanging out with us all day at practice and it ended on a sour note for her. So wanted to give our final shout out to Elise and and we hope you're okay and, and hope everything gets through smoothly, but never like to see the day end on that kind of a note. So that's yeah. how I want to end the show. Today. Uh, yeah. Uh, prayers up on that one. And uh, I didn't get to talk to her much, but she seemed incredibly awesome. I loved her. I loved the energy that she was bringing, uh, even though she was wearing the Michigan hat and the Michigan shoes that was, <laughs> I, I, I gave that a pass for the energy that she was bringing. So uh, it sounds like hopefully she's going to be okay, but that was just a, another cool person. We got to meet at camp today. Yeah, she'll be fine, but just wanted to give her the proper shout out. Cause that just sucks how it ended. So um, that being said, you guys got anything else? Um, Nothing for us. No fun, fun show as always. Go get yourself a polo. Apparently, the chat is very much supportive of your shirt, so I, I, I guess I stand corrected. Uh, we apologize for Hoag's internet. Nick's but- the tiebreaker in this, and he said he liked it. Nick has style. You don't, Mark. Uh, final thing too. Make sure everybody's uh, you know looking into becoming a diehard. Uh, it's, it's no better time than right now to become one. Uh, Adam Hogue puts out his newsletter that's exclusive to diehards only every single day. He'll have another one up tomorrow morning. Uh, so you get that exclusive. If you become a diehard, you can get some cool merch like this here, this bear down shirt, or even our brick by brick shirt. Uh, if, if you sign up, you get a, any shirt you want from our CHGO locker for free. Uh, so you have a chance to check those out. There's just a lot of different advantages, discounts on our live events like tailgates coming up for the regular season for football and different live events and other sports. And then, of course, a discount 
on a potential to jump in for our CHGO kickoff classic Friday, August 25th. We're going to be at the famous Cog Hill golf course. Uh, you see on the left, that polo will be available for purchase for anybody that signs up. Uh, there's already a ton of people that are going to be involved in this uh, kickoff classic. Uh, Corey Wooten will be on hand golfing, Adam Hogue, everybody here, and all the other CHGO teams. So I encourage all of you to consider becoming a diehard right now because there's no better time to do so. So please go ahead and do that. Appreciate everybody. We will talk to you tomorrow at three o'clock. We got shows tomorrow and Thursday and Friday and pregame on Saturday at 11 and then postgame after the Bears and the Titans. Have a great rest of your day. And yes, bear the hell down. Adios.